Our text is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. I will also go to Hebrews chapter 5 a little bit later, but... uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17 is the text for this message uh, that I've titled, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Now, you may be here today because it is OCA Sunday and, and realize we need to get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic uh, instead of riot, revelry, and revolution in our schools today. And although God has been kicked out of the schools, he's been kicked out of the homes, he's been kicked out of everything that is right, he's left us here to be lights to those now that have had the light of our Lord shut off from them. I grew up in public school. Uh, We read the Bible. The last two years of my public school that was outlawed and they couldn't do it, so <clears throat> they let students, okay, you've, you've warned me, and I will do it right now, okay? I will do that right now. I'll turn that thing on. That mess, uh, Kevin messed me up today. I don't know how. But uh, i got to blame somebody. That's what you do at this age. All right. Uh, we're on now. But um, we, we live in a day in which we have just gotten away from the things of God. And as I said, the last two years, uh, what the principal did there is, well, since we can't have the Bible reading and prayer in school, we will have students come up and just share their thought of the day. And so several of us were able to go up and read the scriptures and just say something about it and have a word of prayer because it wasn't the school sponsoring it. They just gave us a microphone which in my case is usually a problem. But uh, uh, nonetheless, we were able to do that. So, uh, but I don't think they can do that now. And so it's it's a problem for so many people today. As we look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now shall we pray. Father, again I ask you to help us to rightly divide your word, to speak the truth in love, but nonetheless to speak the truth. I pray, Father, that you just uh, work in hearts today through this message. Lord, it's your word. I pray that you would draw all attention to this. Uh, Father, I need you to be the power in my voice that holds the attention, but also the very vehicle that takes the message home to each heart. And we'd ask this in Jesus Christ's precious and holy name. Amen. Well, I'm told of a quiz show that uh, they have on television. I've not really watched it, so I don't know. But ask the question, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And that's interesting because I can remember years ago, I mean many years ago, uh, they did studies on this and they found that most of us within just a few short years after we leave school, graduate from high school, that our level, we forget so much, is back down to that of a fifth grader. And so I can imagine that's how they got that program and, and came up with it, are you as smart as a fifth grader? But 
with that, it's also, to me, it's very interesting about our Bible. Now, we use the King James Bible. Do you realize that was written on a fifth grade level? When it was translated, it was translated to a fifth grade level. But yet it's amazing how many professors with earned doctorates, pastors, as well as Christians in general say, well, you know, uh, the King James is just too hard, so I get other versions to help me to understand because that King James is just hard. I, I have my doubts because a lot of times there are people that read those other versions through and said the King James was easier. I've had people tell me that. But nonetheless, to me, when they have that idea, it's like owning a BMW which I will probably never, ever be able to afford in this life. But it's like having a BMW, and you're going to repair it, and you've got the schematic to a Ford Pinto. Okay. The Ford Pinto schematic is so much easier to understand, so you're going to read that to repair your car. Well, you're going to mess up that BMW to do that. And you might find a Bible that's easier to understand, but you're going to mess up your life because the King James is the only one that's translated out of the right manuscripts. Now, obviously, those people that complain about the fifth grade level of the King James Bible being too hard shouldn't be upset with us for preaching it. They should be upset with their educational institutions they went through that can, did not get them up to a fifth grade level. Today, we live in a computer age. There are schools, there are lessons online that uh, kids can take uh, to, as part of their high school learnings, for an example. And it is believed that it's quite possible that as we, we see the lawlessness in our life that the Bible spoke of the last days, we see the terrorism of these, these days in which we live, that public schools could possibly be closed down in favor of online learning and use the schools only as places for sporting events and things of that nature. And so as they would do that and the boys and girls would have to learn from kindergarten through high school online uh, and the, they would use state teachers and take state curriculum and things of that nature, then you would be in a place where you'd uh, have to know as much as a fifth grader in order to help them in their studies and advance in that, but you'd also be able to have to be there. I mean, how do you work a job and then be there while they're in school and try to protect them from the philosophy of this world of humanism and socialism and things of that nature? And so definitely uh, would change the dynamic of the priorities in the home with education and with children and, and things of that uh, nature because as this world grows evil and more worse than it already is, you may find that your children are wards of the state instead of your children and you're just there to kind of overlook things. And so the price to pay to go beyond a fifth grade level may be well worth it so you can protect your boys and girls, your children. On the other hand, 
the price to pay to go beyond the fifth grade level of spiritual understanding will make temporal things insubordinate to God's word and instruction. If your children are important to you, God's word and God's instruction ought to be even more important to you. And by the way, there is no eternal risk in, in abandoning yourself to God. There is no eternal risk in abandoning yourself to God. Now, with that thought in mind, let's go to our text. Because the first thing I want you to see is the point of rec- uh, reconciliation. That is, that area where we must meet. That area where we must agree for eternal life. That area which is the only right thing. Years ago, my, I was visiting my brother Jim when he worked at a bank. And I was just a teenager, probably about 14 years old, maybe 15. That had been, never, it's none of your business when that would have been. Um, but back in that day, uh, he worked in a bank, and so I was up there visiting. So I rode in to work. There's a park nearby. I said, well, I'll just spend the day in the park. I'm not going to sit inside a bank all day. So I was at the park, and he worked. Well, at the time to close, I was there at the bank ready for it to close. It was over an hour before Jim came out. He did put his head out there once and just said, uh, we're working on something. We can't come out until it's done. What I found out was that after the bank closed and they did their books, they were 15 cents short. I would have given them the 15 cents. But they were 15 cents short. And so they had to work on it until they could find it and reconcile the books to the right point. Didn't matter even if you were one cent off. Everything had to be reconciled. The Bible tells us to be reconciled to God. But there's only one way that we're going to be reconciled to God. And that is through Jesus Christ alone. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but by me. In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, but as many as received him to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Oh, which were born, not of blood. You're not born a Christian. If you think you are, no, you're not. Not of blood, nor of the will of man, of the will of the flesh. In other words, You can't just say, well, I'm going to do all these works. And if I do all these good works, God's going to weigh my good against my bad, and I'm going to make it. No. It's not that way. Not the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. In other words, man designs all these little uh, cute outlines and these other things. Say, well, you do this, this, and this, and then you're going to heaven, and, and you'll be all right. We determine what's right. No, God's word determines what's right. And our Lord tells us the only way of eternal life. And that eternal life is in him. So the only way that you can go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He said, again, uh, not of the flesh, not of, not of the, the will of man, but of God. But of God. He is our only way. Um, In verse 14 of our text, 
he said, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. As Christians, we cannot sleep in the darkness of this world. We are the last hope for this world. You know, we like it when our guy gets elected in any office. We like it when our guy gets elected. But understand, our guy is not going to change it. It's Jesus Christ that changes souls. It's Jesus Christ that changes hearts and lives. He's the one that makes the change. And it's upon their reception of the word of God. So you can't sleep in the darkness of this world. Because if you do, you will fail in the school of life. And you'll be saved so as by fire if you are saved. And when you get to heaven, there'll be no reward because you slept. You didn't do God's will, God's way. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spake and said unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. As a saved person, we've got to follow that light. That light comes from his word. Isn't it interesting? John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him and without him was not anything made. Okay. The word, creator. Verse 14 will say the word was made flesh. But what is interesting when you get to verse 13, uh, verse uh, 4. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The word Jesus Christ, light. Our life, if it's going to end successfully, has to be a life that is surrendered totally to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's the only way that you're going to have a well done, good and faithful servant. It's the only way you're not going to be ashamed at his appearing if you are saved. Live your life, follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It will not be an eternal regret at all. To have followed him. Now we want to turn to Hebrews chapter 5. In verses uh, 11 through 14. Uh, the Bible tells us First Peter 1 13. Don't have to look there. But he says to gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And, and hope to the end. For the grace of that is brought to us at the revelation of Christ. In other words, he's warning us about the second coming of Christ. He says, get your heart and mind in the things of God. That's basically what he's saying. But now here in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, I'll read these verses, then make some comments about it as we go along. But he says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing that ye are dull of hearing. For when, uh, for the time ye ought to be teachers, Ye have need of one to teach you again what be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong drink belongeth to them that are full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Now, when you first get saved, you're like a newborn babe. The Bible calls you a newborn in Christ. 
And you need to get the first principles. You need to get the first the oracles of God. You need to get those things down. Understand doctrine, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The only way of salvation. His spirit, His word, uh, His word is without error. His word is preserved forever. So many things of, of that. Those first steps of baptism and on down the line that we go. And local church membership. But you grow beyond that. You've got to grow, and, and, and you, you've got to get into the meditation and the study of God's Word. He's given you His Holy Ghost once you received Him as Savior to dwell in you so that you can grow as you read the Word and you open your heart to Him, putting nothing off bounds unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, as we start there, they are told they are dull of hearing. They're dull of hearing. They've got the very Spirit of God dwelling in them. They've received Christ as Savior, but they are dull of hearing. You see, the problem was not that Paul is a dull preacher or teacher or whoever was teaching them in that mission team. It's not that they were a dull preacher or teacher. No, the problem was they were dull hearers. Do you realize that one day I'm going to stand before God and give an account of my ministry? My, what, what did you teach? What did you preach? And, and when people that were members of my, the church where I pastored, where God had me, and they come and there's these things in their life, I'm going to be asked, I believe, that did you preach this? Did you teach this? See, my accountability is to preach it, and that's it. Your accountability is to do something about it. It will not be based on how entertaining I might have been or how well I speak. No, it's going to be did they listen and did they receive the word and then they act upon it. So you need to listen. You need to study the word of God. Or you become a dull here. The word dull has the idea of slow, sluggish, and no push. And that will apply to us if we don't apply ourselves to the Word of God. Obeying it. Living by it. And, and to keep us from being caught up in the ways of the world. If you don't, you'll be numbed. And will be unable to apprehend New Testament truth. You know, isn't it interesting that when we get in kindergarten, or at least here, you have phonics. Kids learn to read in kindergarten. Two plus two is four in kindergarten. Uh, we don't have a philosophy here that is two plus two really four. As I told the teachers the other day, when somebody says that, call someone that has the straight jackets they can put upon them. Uh, it's too bad. It'd be very bad if anybody didn't get past that. If they had their phonics and they could just add 2 plus 2 equals 4 and they could not go past that. They were talking about the math and they started talking about the, the various maths that we have when they were introducing them. Okay, that's past. The various maths are past 2 plus 2 equals 4. Verse 12 here of Hebrews chapter 5 says, For at what time ye ought to be teachers. In other words, you're no longer in the fifth grade. You ought to be able to teach now. 
That means that there is a moral obligation on our part. Look, he died a cruel death on the cross for you and me. And he rose from the dead. And if you've received that, if you've received Christ as your Savior, you do have a moral obligation. We have a free will to receive him as Lord and Savior. But we also need to realize that we have a moral obligation. It's really a love obligation. Psalms 90 states, teach us to number our days. In other words, redeem the times we just read. Redeem the times our text says. 2 Corinthians 5.10 lets us know that as Christians, every one of us will give an account of themselves to God. You just got to trust His Word. I, this morning in my morning time with the Lord, the Lord just seemed to give me something and I, I wrote it down. As soon as I got here, I typed it out so I could read it because I can't read my own writing half the time. Uh, but it was from Psalms 37.3. And it was just three words, trust in the Lord. So let me just write down, uh, tell you what I wrote down. Trust has the following ideas. To attach oneself, to confide in, to feel safe, confident, secure. It carries the thought of firmness and solidity. For this trust to be genuine, it of necessity must trust wholly in God Knowing any other type of security is a statement against one's belief in the love of God for them and God's wisdom, power, and work in their life. If your trust is genuine, it will then be a trust that does not allow for anxiety. We truly relax when we know God is in control. We know and have confidence expectation, a confident expectation in him and him alone. We know he will work in his time according to his will and his way, and it will always be best for me, always. That's what trusting the Lord is when everything else around you says, no, don't do that. People aren't going to like you. Oh, they, oh, people will hate that. Don't do that. Don't go that direction. Hey, stay away from that. Well, we're going to stick with God. Now, let's, let, let's just think about that. Have you ever skipped school when you were growing up? Did you get in trouble for it? Caught, caught. Now, when I went to school, if you got caught or if you skipped school and you didn't have an excuse the next day to turn in, uh, you not only got detentions, but you got zeros for the day. Now, in the Christian school, they still get zeros for the day if they miss, and there's no sick excuse. If you are sick and you miss, guess what then? You don't get a zero unless you don't make up the work. You still have to make up the work. So, you're sick, you miss, make up the work. But, if you just skip, it's a zero. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, Pastor, the family is very important to God. He designed the family. And so my family and I, we like to go to the beach sometimes on Sunday. Hey, does your family like to go on Monday or Tuesday? 
Brother Roy Julian used to come in preach revivals. He's with the Lord now. He said the first church that he was in up in Indianapolis, Indiana. He said that uh, he's having good crowds. All of a sudden, one Sunday, the crowd was in half. He was down. He said he asked one of the men, he says, where is everybody? What's happened? He says, well, a lot of them go out to see the changing of the leaves. And, of course, they have that up north, you know. And said so they go out to see the changing of the leaves. And he looked at the guy and says, do they only change on Sunday? You know, and as, as, as funny as that was to me, he, he was really telling the truth. People will expect God to take an excuse that they, won't, they know the world won't accept. And the only person you're fooling is yourself. Look, I know that sometimes people are sick, they can't be in church. We've got, I think last month we had over 2,000 watching our services online. Not because... Uh, They didn't want to get up and get out of their chair to come here. Many of those couldn't come here. Sick. But they didn't want to miss out on the word. God designed the local church. It wasn't Andy Bloom. It was God. Jesus Christ did it. He wants you and he says, don't forsake it. He made that a command. Don't forsake it. Forsaking. Not there, not there, there, not there. No, he says he wants you to be faithful to God's house. Be faithful and trust him. It is good. Well, that's not a family. Well, bring your family to church. It'll be a family activity. Sit on the same row. Make it a family activity. So again, some things that we excuse, it's not excused by God, and you'll have a zero in heaven for what you could have had and you missed out. I am accountable to preach the word, but not necessarily to entertain you, as I said earlier. As a teacher in school, uh, they're not there to entertain your kids. I mean, how can you teach algebra and be entertaining? How can you teach English and be entertaining? I mean, I had uh, uh, one of the men at the sword of the Lord. I forget which speaker it was, but boy, I was able to identify with that guy. He said he had the four years of bonehead English. I know what that's about. He had four years of bonehead English, but he got to sit in there, he said, with all the cheerleaders and athletes. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, I I didn't do very well in English, and I prove it every Sunday. But their job is to teach it. Our job is to learn and act upon it. They teach it, we act upon it. That's the primary job. We want to teach it the best way we know how, do the best that we can, but they teach it. And you'll notice there that we just read in, in, in Hebrews the first principles, the first steps of Christian doctrine. The same is in verse 13. At what time you ought to be teachers? That's the shame. You've got to be taught again. Look, first grade, what did we read? See Dick run. Run, Dick, run. Do you see Dick run? I never did find out who if he won the race. And just see Dick run. I wanted to go back and read that and see if, how that finished. But... 
We've got to get past C. Dick Run in reading and understanding in the Word of God. Get past the first steps of Christian doctrine and practice. Getting past the milk into the meat of God's Word of daily living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Growing up in, in the meat of God's Word. It's time to get to verse 14 and eat the meat of God's Word to grow and then use that to teach others. Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me. You're not into meat if you're not serving the Lord. You mean I got to be a preacher? No. And yes. The word preacher many times means just a personal witness. But you need to be a witness. You need to live a life that's separated from this world and separated unto God and holy. Okay. Those are meat Christians in heaven annals, whether we want to accept that or not. Uh, that's just simply the truth. It's not something that we try to discuss. Say, well, I just don't agree with that. Well, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God. Don't be a babe that can do nothing for himself. Get into that verse 14 where you can read the word of God and see things and let him speak to your heart through it and begin to grow in his grace and knowledge. Now, my friend, you can't do anything that's acceptable unto him if it's your thoughts instead of God's thoughts. Well, you know, I... I know that's the, way man, that's the way God has said in his word, but I think this will really work today because today we have technology. This will be so much better. No, God's way is still always the right way. And I'm not knocking technology. I'm knocking people when technology goes against the word of God. God's word is always, always, always right. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? And get into this King James Bible? that was translated on the fifth grade level, read it, listen to your Sunday school teachers teach it, listen to preachers, evangelists, Bible teachers teach it. Read it and ask God every day that you read the Word to show you and help you understand it and how it's to be applied to your life. Get into it. This is not the day to sleep. This is the day to walk, wake up and walk with Jesus Christ. To wake up into righteousness. To wake up into school of righteousness, walking in His light. See, John chapter 3. Everybody knows verse 16. Oh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But you know what? Verses 19 and 20 sometimes get overlooked. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved. When men hear the way of salvation, they're called to repent and believe in Christ many times, many times. They get angry. They turn away from that. Why? Because they love their sin. They don't want to come to the light. 
Many times there are unsaved people that know, you know what, when I get, if I get saved, I can't work, walk according to the world system. I can't walk and live in the ways the world does. I can't do the things the world does. I've got to turn to Jesus Christ. Some people deceive themselves and they make their church and their religion and everything else to sound like the world, to look like the world, and talk like the world. And they're happy in it, but let me tell you what, they don't have the peace of God that He gives. And when they get before heaven, if they're saved, they will be saved so as by fire. You've got to decide, am I going to stand up for Jesus regardless of what the world says? Who's most important to me? Is it my Lord? Is it His Word? Or what? You see... With Christians, you go back to our text, and in verse 15, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I'm not telling you this. I'm telling you what God says. You get away from his word. You don't live circumspectly. You don't live according to the word. The Lord says you're living like a fool. You're not living with the idea of I'm accountable and I'm going to appear before my God one day. The time is short. In the last days, evil men and seducers wax worse and worse. The time is short. But don't forget this, Proverbs 29.1. For some it might be closer to midnight than you think. For he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. You can see the days are evil. Much of the world can see it. But don't compromise with it. Don't compromise with the world. It's time to strengthen your stand by getting in the Word of God, studying it, and obeying it. Quit skipping school. Quit skipping the walk with God. In God's school of righteousness, quit skipping that. And get right with him and, and begin to understand what he would have you to do. Get past being a fifth grader. But look at verse 17 of our text. Therefore, be, wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, a lot of you people know this that have been here on Wednesday nights and other times in my preaching. You have the word therefore in the Bible for about every Three or four times it appears, one time you'll see the word wherefore. Therefore means this. I'm starting here. God's told me to do something. And he tells me, I just, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be doing this as I'm still going over to here. Now, I'm going back over there. I'm going here. And that's where God wants me to go. But then he says wherefore. Wherefore means stop and take care of it all right now. Wherefore. Stop and do it right now. It's the difference between therefore and wherefore in the Bible. Take care of it and then go on towards the goal. Sometimes you've got to get things taken care of in your heart and life before you can go to the next step. You see. And so he says, wherefore, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You're trying to work your way to heaven and you're not going to work your way to heaven. You need to just turn to Jesus Christ and get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to just turn to him and get back into the meat of God's word. Don't be unwise about what the will of the Lord is. Uh, What is that will? The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God, who would have all men to be saved. Now, 
If he says he would have all men to be saved, isn't that his will? God who would have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But even saying that, he would have, he would have. In other words, he doesn't force it. He doesn't make you get saved. He gives you a choice because you were created in his image. You've got a free will. And so, he'd have, he wants you to get saved. But you've got to come to him in repentance and faith. You're turning. You're turning to him and letting him deliver you from that life of sin. Those things that you loved, that darkness you loved, you're turning to him to walk in his light. So he says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. There's going to be a cutting off. I believe it's getting close to midnight for this earth's judgment to start taking place. He said that if you'd come to him, he would in no wise cast you out. But my friend, you, may, you need to come. Don't put it off. Don't delay. Don't wait. Come to Jesus. Come to him now. Let's bow our heads, please.